Romans chapter 1 verses 28 through 32. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, and unmerciful. And although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give a hearty approval to those who practice them. You are listening to Life Clips, Episode 24, The Mafia Rebranded. Hi there, Kim here. Thanks for joining me on this episode. There is a lot to dive into, and I just want to start by saying I will be giving a lot of information, so feel free to message me through Facebook. You can email us. We will post all of this at the end of the um, YouTube video, but for the sake of those who listen on the podcast, I will let you know um, exactly where you can find us at the end of this episode. Should you have any questions, if you want links to anything, feel free to ask me and I will send you everything. This is a rabbit hole that I'm going down and at times it is very dark, it is very depressing. So I had to spruce myself up today. I actually even wore earrings. So I had to bring a little joy to my atmosphere at this current time. So last week's podcast, we dove into um, a few things regarding George Soros. Um, so last week's podcast, this I'm hopefully going to try to make this a five-part installment. Last week was number one. And uh, so what we're going to discuss in the weeks to come is a new world order, global governance. Did Donald Trump really say that? And then uh, QAnon, And today's episode is going to deal with the connection of George Soros, Barack Hussein Obama, and Hillary Clinton. So unfortunately, if this upsets you, my bad, but I will not call him President Obama throughout the entirety of this, nor will I give Hillary the respect of calling her a senator or um, any other title she has held. They both don't deserve that respect because both of them are... American haters, so therefore they do not deserve the titles that they have received in their tenure here in politics. So George Soros has many connections, as we've learned. Um, From his earlier years, we learned about him and Karl Popper, and I'm sticking with notes because if I don't stick with notes, I tend to digress and I really need to stay on target. So you're going to see me looking at my notes. That's what we do on podcasts. Karl Popper was the person who wrote the book on open society, which then in turn gave uh, George Soros his uh, 
way of wanting to create an open society himself. So that's what he did. We also learned that George Soros aligned himself with Saul Alinsky, as has, um, of course, Hillary Rodman Clinton. And so we had to connect some dots last week in order to bring forth this week's episode. So uh, we really need to lay the foundation and the groundwork of the connection. There's a lot of people who say that these are conspiracy theorists, they're not true. So I went into the tunnel of um, old videos. You'll see it by the content, you'll see it by the quality. One video, I am so sorry, it pauses in some areas. Just deal with it like I had to um, and understand that some of these things are very old. So when you kind of go back into real research, um, you know, Google and Facebook, not that I use Facebook for research, but these sites will tend to limit what you can find. So you really have to dive deep outside of the parameters of internet browsers that we're used to, put it that way. So Hillary Rodman Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama are George Soros's puppets. So really, uh, Hillary Clinton definitely started with him. And then as the years went on, she kind of brought people into the fold. And Barack Obama kind of um, jumped on that wagon. And we're going to get into all of this and their connection. So I don't want to stay on that now, but just keep it in mind that they are literally being controlled by George Soros. They don't think for themselves. They have no, they cannot compute their own thought process because they are being controlled and told what to do and what to say. So um, Hillary Clinton um, really has never shied away from her allegiance and her alliance and her love and infatuation with George Soros. And you'll see that in some videos. But Barack Obama was really challenging to find and to really connect the dots between the two because he's slick. So when you have someone who's slick and knows how to cover his tracks, and I won't even bring up a birth certificate because I still don't believe that man was ever born here in America, but whatever. When you're used to doing something like that, for you to cover your tracks and allow things to disappear it's quite easy. So for the, for the simple purpose of this conversation here, when uh, Barack was running for office um, and the gay lover came out, um, immediately the story was suppressed. You can't even find it online anymore regarding the gay guy and the, and the, the Coke orgy binge in the limo on his way to Chicago. You can't even find that information. So, But I do have to say one thing regarding Barack Obama. He was very close to Andrew uh, Gillum, uh, the, the then runner uh, against Ron DeSantis, our governor here. And thank the Lord we didn't get Andrew because uh, Andrew blamed his meth-induced, drug-induced arrest and having male prostitutes in the hotel on his loss. But anyway, um, so, but Andrew uh, Gillum and Barack Hussein Obama, they've been seen to uh, rub shoulders, so to speak. So anyway, I, I just added that. That wasn't part of my notes. See, I digress. So anyway, on this week's episode, I'm going to, we're going to dive into um, the connection. So before we can move forward with Hillary and Barack and George Soros connection, we first must have to make the connection. So how did this all come about, right? So George Soros, we, we kind of went into detail. If you didn't catch episode one, I, I highly recommend that you do, because that way you'll kind of get an understanding of who this guy is. 
So in, um, in 1972, with the help of Jim Rogers, and I'm going to say names. I don't really, again, I don't have time to go into every little detail only because I don't have five hours for this podcast. And I'm sure you don't want five hours for the podcast. You know, I don't even want to say it an hour because you lose people after 20 minutes. George Soros and Jim Rogers, they set up what's called a trading and quantum fund. Um, I, I'll have the screenshot for it. Um, you can actually see that right here. And the basis of this fund that they created was to create smart bombs, uh, lasers, artillery, uh, weaponry, and computerized missiles. So you might say, Kim, why is this even important? Well, it is important because you see the same organization that was created for these um, military gadgets would be the same gadgets used almost 18 years later in a very popular war that I remember. I remember the headline in the, in the newspaper when I was living in Ocala, and it was the Gulf War. So um, that was the war that destroyed Saddam um, Hussein's hub, right? Hmm, coincidence? I think not. So from that point forward, George Soros really just got more powerful behind the scenes. Um, and that is when he began to create what is called the shadow parties. Does it cause you to want to pull back from philanthropy because you believe that it might not be? Uh, no, but uh, I've got, uh, I must say that I got sucked into something that uh, I knew uh, was full of paradoxes and contradictions. Did you do it in the beginning because you had made so much money that you wanted to to carry forward a philosophy you believed in? I mean, well, uh, it had to do with that uh, in the sense that when I made more money than what, what I needed for my own good, I thought, what you know, how can I serve the, the, yeah. the public good? Uh, but uh, uh, until quite recently, the foundations have not been driven by money. In other words, it wasn't that we had to give away a certain amount of money. Unfortunately, it hadn't also been that we didn't have a m money to give in yeah. case there was a good cause. So it was really the, the merit of the particular project that mattered. Let's take a quick break. Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user-friendly platform and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do. From your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we, come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie, I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening. There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. 
This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. So again, that could be very conspiratorial, but when you kind of really go down that rabbit hole, you'll notice the dots being connected. And I'm going to, in a little bit, give you a list of names. And I want you to just, again, at your own leisure, um, take a Sunday, take a Saturday, take a day off a PTO day, grab some coffee, grab some tea, and just dive into some of these people and the connection. George Soros just doesn't have a connection with the few people in one or two countries. George Soros has a connection with a gambit of people in several countries, and that should scare you. The party consisted of just a group of people that would come together and work together to further this evil agenda, the plan of a global government. And I said I probably wouldn't bring in the Bible a lot, but I do want to say that this was already predicted. It was foretold in God's holy word. In Revelation chapter 13, we read about a global, a global government that is to come. It's it's like this day and age, we're literally having the Bible open in one hand and the news open in the other, and they mirror each other like they never have before. So when we dive into these things, I tend to look at it through a biblical lens. You can look through it whatever lens you want, but because God is the one that directs my steps and leads me, that's who I'm going to believe. And so when I see these and I read these and I have been just researching and I'm like, wow, like we are there. So the plan is of global governance. And I, you know, you might not want to hear that, but you know, uh, America is a big hindrance. And we said that last week of this plan. So how do you get rid of the giant? Well, you have to cut the head off the giant. And in order to cut the head off the giant, you can't have a president Donald J. Trump in office, but we'll get to that as well. Not this podcast, but another one. Um, so anyway, under the Clinton administration, so if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was in office from like, oh, was it like 1993 to 2001? Because then George um, Bush became president, then Barack, and now Trump. So I, I might have the dates um, messed up a little bit, but under the Clinton um, administration, that's when George Soros's um his money grew and you can do that research on your own. So I, I don't find that again. I don't believe in coincidence because he had a lot of latitude when it came to the Clintons. And again, he met with Bill Clinton in the white house. I'm going to show you videos of just Hillary just gushing over this man. Cause he's the, you know, the peanut butter to her jelly. But anyway, um, so after this intro, the rest of this podcast is going to be videos. It's going to be actual proof of the allegiance of everyone. So again, sit back, grab your coffee, grab your tea. It's not going to be a lot of me talking. Yay. I probably should insert the applause, but sometimes editing these videos takes a really long time and I just don't have that time on my hands anymore. You will hear actual C-SPAN videos. You will hear uh, Croft and Soros interview, which will enlighten you even more to what you learned about him last week. You will hear actual um, 
video with him and Charlie Rose. Again, that video is going to be cut way short and little snippets because it's over 50 minutes long. And again, I'm not sitting here for two hours. So here are some names that I want you to jot down. And the reason I want you to jot them down is because if I went through every single detail with every single name, with every single bit of research that I have done, we would be here for like 10 hours. And we all ain't got time for that. So I'm also going to do names and affiliations. Jim Rogers, Jeff Sachs, and I'm going to spell that. It's S-A-C-H-S, um, Wade Rathick, and I'm going to spell that as well. R-A-T-H-K, um, ACORN, which is, you might know it maybe by its full name or you just the acronym. So Association of Community Organizations for Reform Now. That was also under President Clinton, then President Clinton, um, which is ACORN. Do your research on that because then President Clinton gave $250,000 to ACORN. Um, under the advice of none other than George Soros. So there was another um, affiliation that George Soros created and it was called um, Project Vote. And in that it, um, rabbit hole that I went down, it was really abundantly clear that George Soros was uh, not gonna have attack ads happening and it, it, it just was not going to happen. So that's why he funded this um, project vote, this project vote affiliation or organization, I should say. We also mentioned last week about the Tides Foundation. There's so many names listed on that, like go down that rabbit hole and just take aspirin with you because uh, you just get a headache after a while. Just the circle of people and how big this is it's it's mind-blowing and again it's not just a few people it's not just politicians it's hollywood it's it's a lot of people and there's a reason why this is happening and when when i see the pieces of the puzzle of george soros being put together i can literally see god using this man for his ultimate plan and that is that god in the end wins and every knee will bow at his son, Jesus Christ. And that's what we have to keep our focus on. But because it is an election year and a lot of people have drank some Kool-Aid of the non-voting Kool-Aid and the bird theology um, of the wings, this is why I did this. Because this is also to prove that President Trump is not part of that bird. And I discussed that last week and I'm not going to talk about it again. Maya Wiley, right? Um, really do your research on her and her dad. They are both part of the social justice movement. They're both radicals. Uh, again, uh, mind-blowing. Gerald McEntee, that's another name that you might want to look into. And then there was a few bills, or actually one bill and an amendment. Uh, I mean, there were other bills. But these are the most important ones that are connected. So McCain-Feingold bill, that was a bipartisan bill that was really um, created to make sure that funds going to parties um, would be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? that when when you're when you're giving money to a, a party um they have to fall under certain guidelines george soros was not a fan of this bill 
And that's another rabbit hole. I will give links to that um, on both the YouTube page and also within the body of the podcast. So hopefully whatever podcast platform you listen on, um, hopefully the link is a hyperlink and you can just go there and see the bill for yourself. There was also an amendment to that bill that was shut down and that was called the Snow Jeffers Amendment. And you need to kind of read that one as well. Um, we are going to discuss in length, someone, I shouldn't say in length, but Harold Ickes, um, very important name, and that's really how this whole mess started. So uh, just hold on to your seat on that one because it's a little crazy. Um, Ariana Huffington, so what's really weird about her is she kind of started out conservative and Republican, and then she totally switched. So she like had a bipolar moment. and she is now totally a bad apple and a radical. It's just weird, but go down that rabbit hole. Of course, Jesse Jackson and Al Franken um, are associated with George Soros, which does that shock anyone? Uh, I don't think so. Um, another name that, um, well, actually these next two names are very familiar. I know for me, they were, so I'm hoping for you they will be as well, but John Podesta, yeah. Okay. And Madeline Albright. Hmm. Okay. Um, then we have Stephen Rosenthal and Morton Haltbren. So anyway, the title of this episode, um, The Mafia, right? The rebranding of the mafia. So this rebranding of the mafia is not taking the killing to the streets and having a gun show in the streets. Instead, they're using this platform called government and it's now creating a brand new mafia so yes it started with george soros um george soros has been around for a really long time um being a master jedi behind the scenes and that is true he has been but he kind of was behind the scenes and he didn't really jump forward until right around 2001 um, he noticed that things were really not going the way that he wanted. So I guess he needed to come forward and be a little bit more aggressive. And that is where both Hillary and Barack Hussein Obama come in because um, without the use of two useful idiots, um, he probably wouldn't be where he is today. And again, the connection goes deep, but we're focusing in on those two. So um, Harold, um, Ikes, Ikes, Ickes, I don't know, Harold Ickes. Um, he really um, is a character to look into. And one, again, that's very dark. He chose, like you choose the road that you go down. Like anyone can choose your path. And I think when you get power and you get prestige and you get money, your sense of whatever seems to change. Um, and when that happens, you lose perspective. You truly do. You lose the perspective because all you're thinking about now is your power game and your money game and who can I bring into this circle. So Harold, um, his connection, he started actually as the White House Deputy Chief of Staff for none other than then President Bill Clinton. So he was a leading figure within that administration. He was also a big proponent of, and we're going to discuss that later, not later, but here in a bit, the healthcare reform. See, people think that Barack Obama was the first one who had healthcare reform, but it actually came from then First Lady, oh, I hate saying that, so let's not even give her that title either, um, 
the very first healthcare reform came from Hillary Rodman Clinton um, being backed by Harold. So um, his Harold's dad. So if you research him, just be careful because Harold, his dad was also a secretary um, of interior something under uh, Franklin D Roosevelt. So if you Google the name or whatever platform you use, be careful that you're getting, I believe Harold's middle name is a W. Um, so make sure you're picking the right one because his dad like died in 1952. So common sense is how was he like talking to Hillary Clinton um, and Barack and George if this guy died in 52. So Harold also had ties or has ties to the mafia and you can list and you can find the families, right? So clearly there's bad blood within this man. Um, and in 1992, it was brought to Bill Clinton um, to do something, uh, to not pardon him or something with uh, bringing charges against him. So in 1993, he cleared um, Harold Ikes of all charges. Again, coincidence? I don't think so. So in, now let's jump forward because we have a lot to discuss. So in the summer of 2002, Okay, so what I do is when I was doing this research, I kind of kept it in perspective of when Barack Hussein Obama became president, um, when he fundamentally tried to change America. So when I seen the dates, I just kind of meal pieced everything together because you can kind of see it coming together. So yes, him and Hillary have always had a bond. Him and Hillary have always been close. Um, I also have a video of Bill Clinton admitting on tape that he also had, um, he's known George Soros for a really long time. So as much as these people want to deny, you can't deny when you go back in the archives and you find proof out of their own mouth what they've said. So, you know, but I know the news and the fake media and all those people, they want to kind of alter these things and say that it's not real, but it is real. So, okay. So there was a secretive meeting with George Soros and other people. Within that meeting, I'm gonna list some names again, research. Morton Halperin, um, John Podesta, Jeremy Rosner, Robert Borst, Carl Pope, and they gathered in 2002 because they had to defeat then President Bush. Of course that didn't work, but okay. Uh, now let's piggyback off of that. So that was in 2002. George Soros has gone on record many of times that he is not or was never a fan of George Bush. Um, he tried everything within his power to make sure that he was not reelected. That failed. So then um, Soros, John Podesta, and Ikes, Ikes they uh, created the American Majority Institute but was later changed to the Center for American Progress. And you can, it's there today, and you can see that this basically was created, and if you read the principles behind it, it is literally an attack on America, American conservative values, and just everything that we stand for as a nation. So I do understand, and I just want to really preface this podcast in the weeks to come, I understand the timepiece of God and the end of days is Israel. It is not America, but I am an American. I live here in America. And as long as God is going to give me the freedoms and the opportunities in this amazing nation that he allowed me to be born in, 
I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure that my voice is heard, especially in this election. What do we have? A little over 60 days, right? So we really need to come together as a nation. We need to come together as a, collectively as the body of Christ. And whether you love Trump or hate Trump, if you don't vote for Trump, you're voting for Biden and Harris. And I don't think anyone would really want to vote for Harris. Um, she herself has ties to George Soros. She herself was a big proponent of the Brett Kavanaugh fiasco. Um, she is an evil, sick, vile woman. She and other uh, Democrats don't mind having a baby sit there after birth for up to six minutes to let a decision be made and then just let the baby die. That's sick and God will deal with her. Um, I don't want to say really what I feel about that woman um, here on this podcast, um, but I'm here to tell you that that's sick and that's demonic and that's a debased mind. And that's why I started off with the scripture verse that I did um, because that is, it, it is just evident where we're at right now with the Romans one. So anyway, let's go into the um, Hillary Rodman Clinton and George Soros connection. Again, this goes really long with her, and you're going to see most of it in the videos. Um, unfortunately, I am going to focus in more so on Barack because Hillary is out there. You can do your research on Hillary. Barack, you can't. So I guess I was just trying to save you time and energy if you wanted to do that on your own. So Hillary, as we know, she was you know a big fan of Saul Alinsky, which Saul and George Soros were close. Um, so Hillary, when she... Um, when her husband, when the rapist was in office, she pushed forward for the first universal health care in 1992, 1993, somewhere around there. So it was actually called Hillary Care. Um, and she just didn't think of this on her own. The push came from none other than George Soros. So that is a connection where they are. The other connection that they have is they both are for open borders. They want increased Muslim immigration and they want to lessen the global dominance that we have here in America globally. Because America, like I said, is a powerhouse. In order to bring down the deck of cards, so to speak, the house of cards, not the deck of cards, the house of cards, you have to get America out of it. So again, that's it on Hillary for right now because the videos will speak for themselves. And um, they go on for a while. And again, I don't want this to be an hour long podcast. Okay. So the connection with Barack Hussein Obama and George Soros, again, this was really challenging and I had to spend a lot of time and a lot of headache trying to find stuff, but I found it. So one thing I want to say is within Hillary Rodman's um, universal healthcare that she wanted to be pushed, there were certain things that then, you know, we still were a country of um, morals, right? So one part of the bill was regarding um, palliative health care versus real health care. And I don't know if you know what that means, but palliative is not like hospice. Palliative is you just basically make them feel good until they die. Um, euthanasia, basically, right? Um, it was really geared towards the elderly and just kind of saying, well, they're old, they're going to die anyway. So why should we spend all of this money on real health care? Let's go ahead and 
do palliative instead. Now they've kind of cleaned up with palliative healthcare means and they kind of put a little cherry on top and prettied it up with some ribbons and bows, but it's really just basically euthanasia. That's all it is. So um, George Soros was behind that plan and that is part of Obamacare. That is intertwined in Obamacare. So again, it started with Hillary because Barack is a little puppet and can't think for himself. And when Obamacare was started and enacted and signed and became a bill, that was part of it as well. So Barack Obama also handed $9 million to um, George Soros to uh, get his nose into the Albanian politics. George Soros is a billionaire, but somehow his own money isn't enough to fund the totality of his anti-American agenda. So U.S. taxpayers had to step into the breach and help as well, and they did. Department of Justice documents newly obtained by Judicial Watch, thank heaven, show that in 2016, the Obama administration, whose misdeeds are now just coming to light, gave almost $9 million to support something called the East-West Management Institute. That's a Soros-funded venture. According to Judicial Watch, the money did little other than empower the socialist government of Albania, which spends a lot of time making its people more miserable. Tom Fitton is the president of Judicial Watch, and he joins us tonight. One of the reasons I'm so glad that you're here, Tom, is because you kind of tie a bow on stories. The Obama administration's over, but there's a lot that they did that we don't know anything about because the press refused to cover those stories. Tell us this small piece of it. What did they do in Albania and why? Well, they're supporting the socialist communist government there, uh, the Soros operations, and they're doing it with taxpayer dollars. They were doing it in 2016, and they were even doing it in the first part of the Trump administration in 2017, co-sponsoring surveys of the population that generated 91% of the support in favor of the pro-government, pro-Soros operation that would have restricted the independence of the judiciary. You know, like all strongman governments, they don't like independent judiciaries. Right. So they were trying to reform the judiciary in a way that would have brought it under control of the socialist government there. And what's troubling is that obviously Soros needs no taxpayer money to do any of this advocacy work. Uh, but the State Department and USAID is partnering with Soros uh, and basically allowing Soros to set our foreign policy agenda. And then secondly, Soros's operations, according to these documents, we're allowed to come into the State Department and provide technical reviews of other applications for other government money in Albania. But, I mean, George Soros hates the United States, and I'm judging that by the projects that he funds, all of which are designed to change the country as it is now or to thwart U.S. interests. So why in the world would any State Department give money to a Soros-funded operation? Well, it's not only in Albania. We have four, had four lawsuits at one point, Albania, Romania, He's active in Hungary, Guatemala, Colombia. Uh, they're very, very active, and it doesn't take a lot of money uh, to have a big impact in these countries. And the governments are under assault from the Soros State Department unity effort uh, to bring socialism and stop anything in the area of reform, constitutionalism, the sort of things that Americans would be comfortable with, the Soros groups aren't. And, you know, look, He's a billionaire. He doesn't need the money. And when you fund him in one place, it means he has more money to spend elsewhere. So if you don't like what Soros is doing here at home, you should know it's being indirectly subsidized thanks to the State Department and USAID, at least as early as, at least as soon as long ago as 2016. So Soros is getting State Department money. Planned Parenthood, which is an arm of the Democratic Party, gets a half a billion a year in taxpayer funds. 
Is there any right of center or pro-America group that gets any taxpayer funding of any kind? Well, I think most of them don't think they ask for it. Uh, but uh, certainly the State Department is not terribly interested in funding groups that are antagonistic to their agenda abroad. And this is kind of another way for the State Department to stick it to the Trump administration. Yeah. Because some of this activity was taking place in early 2017, again, attacking the idea of an independent judiciary in Albania. It's, this is your tax dollars at work, and we had to sue to get the records. The more you know, the more appalling it is. And thank you for bringing this slide. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So... One thing I'm going to show you here is um, back before with Hillary. Let me just back up a little bit. There is an email where George Soros, um, and this has been proven that this is an actual email, where George Soros was asking Hillary for help with Albania. And here is that email. So, um, and I want to quote here because many people would think that this isn't true, but Senators called, and this is a quote, so quote, Senators called on Secretary of State Rex Tillerson to immediately investigate how U.S. taxpayer funds ended up supporting Soros-backed leftist political groups in several Eastern European countries, including Macedonia and Albania. So according to the letter, potential millions of taxpayer dollars are being funneled through USAID to Soros. Um, and putting it into his Open Society Foundation. And I'll end the quote by saying that this is what they say, and I couldn't really find the proof, but it says with the explicit goal of pushing his progressive agenda. Clearly that is probably fact, but I couldn't really find that. So I don't wanna say it's fact because I couldn't find it. Okay, so the other link that they have is in, now this, this is where it gets, if you were like me, it would probably vex your spirit and make you a little angry towards Barack Hussein Obama. And this is why I won't give him the respect to even put president before his name. In 2017, okay, um, he and George Soros, they founded what was called the Project Indivisible before they wanted this group, sorry, they, they wanted this group, this Antifa-led group to show up before, um, so ahead of the Trump rally that he had back in like 2017 in Arizona. Again, look it up. It's there. It's not hidden. So how do I explain this? So when, when President Trump took office, or just like any president, when they take office, they have residual lingering people from the previous administration within the White House, right? People, I think, are under the assumption that all of a sudden, you know, somebody becomes president and everyone who was with the prior administration just all of a sudden leaves the White House. And that, in fact, is not true. They are actually there um, until they're fired leave, quit, whatever. So with that being said, when President Trump said, hey, I'm going to drain the swamp, I don't think at that time he really understood how deep the swamp, the nastiness, the goo, the sliminess ran. And there were a lot of people still in his current administration back then that were lingers from the um, Barack Hussein Obama administration. And that's a vital key to understand to this whole entire mess. 
because I am sure that they heard and seen and jotted notes and, and did a lot of shady dealings behind the scenes. And I know in the beginning, President Trump was firing left and right. And I'm sure he was doing that for a reason. And But he also kept people there. And then if you notice a little bit down the road, they'd be fired. Oh, a little bit down the road. He let this one go. Trump is not dumb. So when you start to dumb him down, that's always when he's one step ahead of you. But anyway, so hopefully uh, we'll see what happens, you know, to totally drain that political swamp, I don't think anyone can do that. The only person who's going to do that is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, when he comes back to rule and reign for a thousand years. But anyway, um, so one thing that Barack Hussein Obama and George Soros implemented under this project Indivisible was, and when you go to the actual site and you and you see what these people say your jaw is on the ground like the evilness of the intent of their heart um, again brings me back to romans 1 and that is why i posted that right in the beginning so their approach to um bring down and make sure that trump did not have a second term were these three things. They built it on this. And tell me if you don't hear and see this in the lies and the fake news today. They built it on false racism or saying that Trump was a racist, right? So you have to build, you have to ruin the character. And in order to ruin the character, you have to say, well, he's a racist. Um, he is corrupt. And then he has a um, a godlike complex. He's a dictator, you know, a dictator. Um, so those are the three key components of this project indivisible. Clearly we can see that happening. And again, Soros drops millions, if not billions with a B into some of these uh, shadow party foundations in order to further his agenda and make sure that President Trump is not reelected. And I'm telling you here as God is my witness. And as I sit here right now, this is not part of my notes. These mail-in bullcrap things that I'm telling you, he's working behind the scenes on that. If we can gather in restaurants, if we can gather in grocery stores, if we can gather even in churches, and I know there's some states who are having a, a hard time with that, but if we can go to Lowe's and we can go to Costco and all these other places, we can dang sure walk with this mask that's supposed to be protecting us into a polling booth and for two seconds, make sure that we vote and get that crap where it's not mailed in. So again, George Soros is behind this because I'm telling you there is a movement in this nation that I know I have never seen before. And I don't mean that in some cultish way. What I mean is we have never had a president that has not been a globalist. We have never had a president since I have, than I can remember that actually is like, no, I, I'm not for the global agenda. I'm for America's agenda. And that right there is not working for the global agenda and that i i know we're going to get there that is given i mean i won't be here when that happens but for those who are left behind after the rapture you will be so that is a given that is a, that is a time and place when that is going to happen but trump right now is really getting in the way of their agenda. They were there, they were there. Barack Obama, if Hillary became president, we would probably be really close right now. Um, but anyway, I'm not gonna get into what I said last week, but again, God gave us a reprieve 
And would you not want another reprieve? Again, we all want to go home as saints. I want to be flown out of here right now. But we're still here. So while we're here in America, don't you at least want America to make sure it still provides for you and you're not standing in lines? And I know people are standing in food lines in New York, but that's not government. That's their idiotic government. That's state-ran, okay? But anyway, it's going to get worse. So also the Iranian deal that we all know so well, that was also backed by George Soros. Then just recently, Barack Hussein Obama um, went to Alex Soros. That's why I brought him up last week. That's George Soros' son. So Barack Hussein Obama was actually headlined as part of this fundraiser at Alex Soros' home. And I'm sure after the fundraiser was over, they probably sat down and they talked about a lot of things to check out restricting you. But anyway, so that's it for this um, duration of me. Yay! So what we're going to do now is we're going to dive into videos and you guys are going to hear for yourself exactly what um, I'm talking about. And again, wow is all I have to say. So refresh that coffee, refresh that tea, and uh, here we go. Where George Soros was born 68 years ago to parents who were wealthy, well-educated, and Jewish. When the Nazis occupied Budapest in 1944, George Soros's father was a successful lawyer. He lived on an island in the Danube and liked to commute to work in a rowboat. But knowing there were problems ahead for the Jews, he decided to split his family up. He bought them forged papers, and he bribed a government official to take 14-year-old George Soros in and swear that he was his Christian godson. But survival carried a heavy price tag. While hundreds of thousands of Hungarian Jews were being shipped off to the death camps, George Soros accompanied his phony godfather on his appointed rounds, confiscating property from the Jews. These are pictures from 1944 of what happened to George Soros's friends and neighbors. You're a... Hungarian Jew mm -hmm. who escaped the Holocaust mm -hmm. by posing as a, a Christian. Right. And you watched lots of people get shipped off to the death camps. Right. I was 14 years old. And I would say that that's when my character was made. In what way? That one should think ahead, one should understand and, and anticipate events. Uh, and uh, one, one is threatened. It was a tremendous threat of evil. I mean, it was a, a very personal experience of evil. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yes, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property yes. from the Jews. That's right. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Uh, uh, not, not, not at all. Not at all. It, uh, maybe as a child you don't, you don't see the connection, uh, but it, was, it created no, no problem at all. No feeling of guilt? No. For example, that uh, I'm Jewish, uh, and here I am watching these people go, I could just as easily be there. I should be there. None of that. 
Well, uh, of course, I, uh, I could be on the other side, or I could be the one from whom it, the thing is being taken away. Uh, um, but there was no sense that I shouldn't be there, because uh, that was... Uh, uh, well, actually, funny way, it's just like in markets, that if I weren't there, of course I wasn't doing it, but somebody else would, 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 would be taking it away anyhow. You know, was the, whether I was there or not, I was only a spectator, the property was being taken away. He's backed away from the day-to-day -day operation of his businesses and is giving away his billions now with the same determination that he made them in places like Haiti, a country that has less money in the bank than he does. Last month, he brought the First Lady with him for a look at some of the projects his foundation is funding. This is Mr. George Soros, and uh, he's going to be helping the hospital. And now we have a very special treat. To introduce George Soros, Senator Hillary Clinton. What made this country great, and he realizes that we must take our country back in November through the electoral process on behalf of our democracy. You know, when I first got to the United States Senate about three and a half years ago and saw that the Bush administration wanted to undo everything that the Clinton administration had done, I admit, I took that kind of personally. Then I realized it wasn't personal at all. They wanted to undo all the way back to Franklin Roosevelt, all the way back to Teddy Roosevelt. They were heading to the robber barons of the late 19th century, and everything we've seen since proves it. You know, in a time like this, it is not only those of us in elected office who must speak out and stand up, it is even more important that citizens do that. We have an opportunity next month to put together not just a winning campaign, but a movement, an opportunity that I believe is being seized every single day throughout our nation by individuals who say, I've had enough, who understand that four more years of the Bush administration would leave our country unrecognizable. And so they very slowly but surely tried to change American politics, and you've got to give them credit. They've done a good job. They got themselves a president and a vice president and lots of other people who marched to their drumbeat. It's not in the tradition of American values or ideals. In fact, my, one of my favorite lines, especially in this year as we celebrate the incredible accomplishments of Brown versus Board of Education, which sparked a civil rights movement. But electing leaders is only part of the equation. We, once again, have to become better citizens. You know, it is not enough for America's future that some participate and others don't. It is not enough for America's future the future we want to see for our great country. That it seems like our highest goal in life is to be consumers. 
given an extraordinary blessing. And at this moment in time, our country needs us. And we need people like George Soros, who is fearless and willing to step up when it counts. So please join me in welcoming George Soros. Morning to our most distinguished witness, the first lady on the occasion of this extraordinary week of testimony on the Health Security Act of 1993. This Violent criminals are being released back onto the streets and cities across America thanks to district attorneys that were bought and paid for by George Soros. Here's one America's Pearson Sharp. As riots erupt across the nation, one man is emerging as the face behind the violence, George Soros. The radical left-wing billionaire who's been declared an enemy of the state in his home country of Hungary has poured over $220 million into domestic terrorist organizations like Black Lives Matter. And thanks to Soros's work reforming the criminal justice system, these fascists are being released right back onto the streets as soon as they're arrested. And to do that, he's literally buying district attorneys in cities across the nation. These DAs are usually highly unqualified, such as the 2018 candidate for a district attorney that he spent millions backing in San Diego, Genevieve Jones-Wright. Normally, these unqualified DAs wouldn't stand a chance against someone like Summer Stefan in San Diego, who has had decades of experience and is very popular with her community and with police for being someone fair and trustworthy. But with a few million dollars help from George Soros, all that changes and you suddenly have a candidate whose only experience as a public defender trying to keep criminals out of jail. That's how you end up with DAs like Kim Fox in Cook County, Illinois. She won her election with money from Soros and then pushed through policies like not charging shoplifters who stole less than $1,000, which of course saw a massive surge in shoplifting. If only someone could have seen that coming. She's also the same woman who disgraced herself with the mishandling of the Jesse Smollett's hate crime hoax against himself last year. Soros also wants to degrade our quality of life here in America. We live too nice, too comfortably. We should feel guilty for living better than people in the third world countries. If they can't live in clean cities, neither should we. San Francisco is a perfect example of this. We all know how the city has become a byword for degeneration, crime, homelessness, and filthy streets. So Soros gets people like San Francisco DA Chesa Bowden, who refuses to prosecute people for peeing or defecating in the streets. Imagine that. But what would you expect from a guy who was raised by parents who were not only members of the left-wing terrorist group, it really is a terrorist group, I'm not just being dramatic, but were also convicted for murdering two police officers and a security guard. You can't make this up. He stated in his campaign that he will not prosecute people for camping in the streets or blocking sidewalks or even soliciting public sex. And he's also on board for defunding the police. Of course, why would you need them? They aren't even allowed to do their jobs. 
And then you have St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner, whose campaign got major boosting from Soros and who announced she was bringing felony charges against Mark and Patricia McCloskey. These are the people Soros and the Democrats want to be in charge of our justice system. Is it any wonder that you have entire cities now burning down and criminals running free? This is the Democratic Party. And unless George Soros is stopped by a legal system brave enough to challenge his treasonous activities, he will continue promoting and installing puppet district attorneys across the country, ensuring that every neighborhood in America will soon look like this. If you would like more information regarding today's episode, whether that be you want links or you want to know how I found it, please feel free to contact us at lifeclipspodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is life, L-I-F-E, clips, C-L-I-P-S, podcast at gmail.com. You can also find life clips right here on youtube please make sure you hit the subscribe button in the corner where the watermark is you can also find life clips on every major podcast platform that is out there we have just recently been added to pandora so please go ahead and look for us there but we're also on google apple spotify iheart and more And as always, even though I am way off topic on this, look up for our redemption is drawing near.